God is the one that is there for us. So in spite of what's going on around us, we need to rejoice. Amen. Amen. The Lord was sharing with me this morning when we say um, rejoice. What is the saying that says this is the day that the Lord has made? Let us what? Rejoice. Let us Rejoice. and be glad in it. Yeah. And sometimes we think about how can I rejoice with what's going on around us. With everything that's happening around us, how can we rejoice? That's when we rejoice. Yeah. Because God made the day. God knows what's going to happen in the day. So we should know that God is going to take care of us regardless of what's going on around us. So that's what makes us rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes we'll say that verse of scripture, this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. But some people say, how can I be glad in this? How can I be glad when somebody in my family is going through? How can I be glad when I'm going through? How can I be glad when my money don't look right? When my body don't feel right? That's when we rejoice because we know that God has already fixed it. He's already worked it out. So we began to rejoice. We began to thank him. We began to glorify him because he is God. Amen. So we're going to do what? Rejoice. We're going to do what? Rejoice. We're going to do what? Rejoice. The reason why we rejoice because we're different from the world. See, the world don't see nothing to rejoice at during this pandemic. But we as the people of God, we keep on rejoicing in the midst of the pandemic. We don't look for man to fix it. We look to him who's the author and finisher of our faith, who has already fixed it, who's already worked it out. We don't look for it to get worked out. We know it's already worked out. And when you know it's already worked out, that's when you begin to rejoice and be glad in it. God is so good, y'all. He is so good and he's good all the time. So let's take our focus off of us. And let's put our focus on him. The Bible tells us to look to the hills from which cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. Did the Bible even tell you where your help come from? So that's when we should be looking to him and not looking to ourselves, not looking to anyone else, even though they mean well, we should keep our focus on him. So, Father, we thank you on this day. We glorify you. We magnify you, God. We adore you, God. We exalt you. We lift you up because you are high and you are lifted up on this morning, God. God, we thank you, God, for being our God. We thank you for being our Lord. We thank you for being our Savior. God, we thank you for being our Redeemer. We thank you, God, for reconciling us. We thank you, God, for making us righteous. God, we thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross for the remissions of our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission of sin. So we just thank you, God, because you saved us. We didn't save ourselves, God. We thank you, Father God. We honor you, God. We thank you that we are sanctified, that we are set apart, God, for your glory. We have been made holy because of Jesus, not because of us, God. Everything about us is because of him, not because of us. And we just glorify you, God, in that. 
So God, as I open my mouth, God, I believe you have already filled it. I thank you that I have decreased and the spirit of the living God has increased on the inside of me. I thank you, Father God, for giving me the tongue of the learn on this morning, God, to speak a word into season to those that are weary, God. I thank you for waking me morning by morning, God, to hear as to learn, to hear as one that's being taught in Jesus' name. And now, God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I thank you for my helper, my teacher, my standby, my comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are here. You are truly welcome. And we thank you for being here amongst us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God has already worked it out. So quit trying to figure it out. Look at him again and say, neighbor, God has already worked it out. So quit trying to figure it out. Say, it's not about you. Say, it's all about him. Come on and give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus 33. And we're going to see what the Lord has to say. Amen. Because we want to hear from him today. Exodus 33. And I'll be coming from verse 13. Well, I'll come from verse 12. Ending at verse 14. Exodus 33, beginning at verse 12. The word of God reads. And Moses said unto the Lord. See, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. You may be seated. I want to talk about today, how well do you know him? How well do you know him? And we have been talking about, from the beginning, we've been talking about 911, what's your emergency lost souls? And even in all that, God has brought us to um, the point of living by faith. We talked about living by faith, manifesting the kingdom of God. We talked about the authority of God. We talked about choices. All of this is tying in together. And the Lord laid on my heart. He said, to live by faith, you can manifest the kingdom. To live by faith, you can make the right choice. To live by faith, you can operate in the authority that I have given you. But if you don't know me, if you really don't know me, you can't manifest my kingdom. You can't live by faith. If you don't know me, you can't make the right choice. So God said, my people need to know me. And some of us think that we know him because we are born again. But God wants us to really have such a relationship with him that no matter what happens in our life, no matter what comes in our lives, we know him so well that don't turn us away from him. And I believe a lot of people are getting turned away from him because of situations that's going on in your home, 
because of situations that's going on on your job, because of situation with your children, because of situations everywhere with your marriage, you have turned away from God. Some people say, I haven't turned away from him. I have turned to him. But did those things that happened in your life cause you to turn to him when you should already been with him? See, this is where we mess up at. We turn to God when situations turn up in our lives. We need to be getting to know him on a daily basis so whatever comes in our lives, it may shake us, but it don't move us. And some of us are being moved by these situations because we really don't know God. And when we really know, when we really know God, we should know he's our father. He's our father. He knows what's best for us in every given situation. We're not trying to fix something that he's already fixed. What we're doing, we're coming to him because we know who he is and we know that he love us. And being that we know that he love us, we love on him and God begin to let us know what to do and how to do it. So God said, how well do you know me? And I sat there and I was just thinking about what God was saying to add to what God has already said. And God began to take me through the Bible and he took me there with Moses Now, in the Bible, it says that the children of Israel knew his acts, but no, Moses knew his ways. See, we got people in the church that want to know his acts, meaning want to know, you know, his miracles, want to know his wonders. And some of y'all may have seen them, but if you don't know his ways and you don't know his characteristics, you don't know him, all of that fades away. Some people are waiting for a big miracle to happen. Some people are waiting on healing to happen. And we want all of those things to happen. But when you don't know him, the giver of all of these things, those things don't mean nothing to you. So you looking for signs and wonders instead of looking to him, the one who gives those things. So see the children of Israel, they saw God mighty acts. They saw the Red Sea depart. They saw manna coming from heaven. They saw water coming from a rock. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They saw the manifestations of God, but they did not know God. So this is what was happening. God had led them and he was with them and God was proving himself unto them. And Moses had to go up and be with God. And Moses was up there with God before the face of God. And I'm talking about in his presence because nobody who has seen his face would live. So Moses was in the presence of God. Y'all, it's something awesome when you can just get in the presence of God, when you can meet God at a certain place every day. That's how you develop in your relationship with him. You're saying, God, I have a place that I come to meet with you because God, I want to hear you. God, I want to hear what your heart is saying today. So Moses not only went up to talk to God about Moses, Moses went up for the people and see Moses heart was his heart was towards God. So whatever God wanted, that's what Moses wanted. Moses wasn't being selfish because sometime in prayer, we can get so selfish and we can make it all about me, myself and I, what do I mean? Once I get through paying for me, I pray for myself and then I pray for I, and then everybody else is left out. So I want to hear God, what you have to say about me, myself and I, it is not about you because when you accept him as your Lord and savior, you died. This is why I always say 
It's no longer I who live. I've been crucified. I have to remind myself every day to do what God has called me to do. It is not about me. It's not about how I feel today. It's about what God has planned for me this day. God, I may feel this way, but God, what are you saying to me today? I can't go on my emo. You can't go on he motions and she motions because they fluctuate. One minute you're happy. One minute you're sad. One minute you're in between. One minute you don't know nothing. But when you know him, that's why he say, when you know me. So Moses, he was going up and he was getting the commandments of God. He had to be with God himself to get the commandments to bring them back to the people. But while Moses was up in the presence of God, Joshua was right there with him and he heard a noise in the camp. While he was away, the children began to play. And this is what happens. I'm going to tell y'all what happens. When you don't know God for yourself and your leader is off somewhere and you depending on that leader. See, this is the problem. When you depend on the leader more than you depend on God, when the leader leaves, then you go back into the place where you were. But when you're depending on God, even when the leader ain't there, you know how to carry yourself because God is with you. So they were looking at where is Moses? Where is our deliverer? Where is the one that's supposed to be leading us? He left us here. So they wanted a leader. They wanted somebody to, I guess, carry everything for them, to tell them everything to do. So they asked Aaron. Aaron was left behind with the people. Moses trusted Aaron with the people. And what happened with Aaron? They got so busy with whining and complaining that they wanted a God. They wanted a God. So guess what Aaron said? Take off your jewelry. Take off what you have. And they made what? A molding calf. They made a calf that they could worship. They were so happy. But check it out. In front of this calf that they were worshiping, they were doing all kind of acts. All kind of sinful acts while Moses was up with up there with God. When Moses came back and he saw the people and what they were doing, Moses broke the commandments. And what he did when he broke the commandments, he the water that was added to him, he made them drink them. But he said, the ones that's on the Lord's side, come over here. So it was the Levites that came over there with Moses. But the rest of them, they said, I want you to kill them. Because they were outside of the will of God. But God got so angry. He said he will not be with these stiff-necked people. Thank God for an intercessor. Thank God for somebody that's standing the gap for us just like Jesus. See, Moses reminded me of Jesus because God was getting ready to kill him again. But because of Moses, because of Moses standing in the gap, that's why Jesus' blood is on the mercy seat crying, have mercy, have mercy. If he didn't put his blood on the mercy seat, none of us would be here today. God is having mercy on all of us because he know we're doing some things that we should not be doing when we know not to do them. So because of his mercy, you are alive. Because our thinking is thinking. The things that we do inside of our mind is not right. That's enough to kill us dead. (laughs) Because God know our thoughts from afar off. So Moses began to intercede for these people. But God said, I'm not going to go with these people. My presence It's not going to be with these people. Moses knew if your presence don't go with us. See, I'm not going. We have to understand the presence of God that we have in us is the spirit of God. 
Without his spirit being in us, we don't have the life of God. So Moses knew if your spirit is not here, he said, we will die. He knew about the spirit of God. He knew that the spirit of God is what brings life. He knew that if we got the spirit of God, we have everything that we need. If your spirit don't go, if you don't go, God, I'm not going. But Moses began to say, God, I want to know your ways. I want to know your way. I want to know you, God. He said, I want to know you, God. I want to experience you in another way. See, some of us, like I say, we want the acts. We want to see people shaking all over the floor. But after they get through shaking, there's a life that they got to live and they cannot live it without God. So you got to know God after all those shakes is over. After all this, um, you know, I got a feeling is over. After all the prophecy is over. After all of this stuff is over, I'm going to ask you, do you know him? Because you're going to find out whether you know him or not when all the prophecy is cut off. When your body is racked in pain and nobody is touching you. But when you know him, when you come to know him for yourself, you don't need me or nobody else to touch you. Only thing you need is him. He wants people to know him. When things don't look right in your life, when you're feeling alone, you can call on him. You can call on him. He will answer you. He will never leave you, nor he shall, shall he forsake you. So Moses said, I want to know your ways. And guess what God did? God said, I'm going to show you all my goodness. That's part of his ways. See, when we know the goodness of God, when we know how good he is, when we begin to know his characteristics, most of all, when we begin to know that God is love. God is love. When we know his love, we can love others outside of how others. Let's stop right there. When we know his ways, when we know his love, it is not about how people are treating me. It's about the way he wants me to treat others in the midst of them treating me like I'm nothing. In the midst of them putting me down. I know his love because it's shared abroad in my heart through the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to love them even though you call me out of my name. I'm going to still love you because my father's about love and I know love. See, when you know him, you know love. You don't change because somebody hates you. You begin to love them. Y'all don't know about the cross. Come on, that was love on that cross. It was unconditional love on that cross. That's why he died because the Bible says, for God. So love the world. So I'm going to ask you, who you hating on? Because they ain't doing like you want them to do. Because they ain't answering like you want them to answer. Because they ain't looking like you want them to look. Who you hating on? Because they put you down. Because they ain't hanging around you no more. Who you hating on? Because they're not calling you no more. Who you hating on? God ain't about hate. He's about love. This is why Moses was saying, and I'm paraphrasing it. If you want me to continue to lead these people, show me your way because they are stiff-necked. They are rebellious, but show me your way so I can be the leader you will have me to be for these people. God, show me your way. Make your ways known unto me. God, I'm not worried about nobody else. I'm talking about me. I need to know you for myself on this journey that I'm on. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. 
every part of your life, he need to be made known. And the first thing that needs to be made known about him is he's the one and true only God. Living God. There is no other God but him. So if you don't have that part, you don't have none of it. You got to know that he's the one and true and only living God. There is no other God but him. So you need to search yourself and say, what gods have I put in my life before him? When you put people before him, husbands and wives and children and dogs and houses and cars, come on somebody and clothes and hair and nails. When you put everything before him and some of you saying, how am I doing this? Because when you rise up, if you don't be putting him first and you're going to get your hair done, your nails done, your toes done, but you ain't thought about looking up and saying, thank you, father. What are you putting before him? God want to be first and foremost in your life. We are putting things before him. So when those things are not acting like we want them to act, when people are not doing like we want them to do, now we're upset. But that's who you were serving. See, the God that I know, the God that I know that has been made known to me, he's going to always be there for me. Even when I cut up, even when I do things that's not right, he's not going to leave me. Because he died for me. He made a way for me. People will change people. You ain't found a person on this earth. That ain't said something you didn't like. Even though it's truth. I'm going to put that out there. Because when somebody give you truth. The evil that's right there in you. Rises up. You ready to fight. And it's there because. It's what you deposited in you. Whatever you put on the inside of you is what's going to come before your thinkers. And that's what ended up coming out your mouth. Whatever you don't deal with, it will deal with you. The enemy, no, you may be born again, but I got some deposits. And those deposits that I got, you ain't taking them out of you. So I'm going to use those deposits so you won't experience God the way you need to. We have to take the time to get to know him more than we know anything else, y'all. And that takes time. Because guess what? We're not going to stay on this earth forever. Everybody have their departure time. God know your beginning and he know your end. So we cannot fall in love with this earth and with people on this earth to the point of when they're gone, we're gone. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We can fall in love with people so much that we can't live without them because they took a part of us. Come on. This is true. Come on, our children, our husband, our wives. Why? Because we we're going to get there. We spend so much time with them that when they leave, a part of us is gone with them. Because we have that relationship. And see, Moses, he said, God, I want to know your ways. He said, I want to know your ways. I want to know you, God. I want to know about you. Yeah, you departed the Red Sea. Yeah, you did that. That was a miracle. Yeah, you're raining bread from heaven. Thank you for that. You're bringing water from a rock. Thank you for that. But God, I'm seeing that they're depending more on these things than they're really getting to know you. So I need to know you, God. So I can stand before these people and let them know it's not all about these miracles. It's about knowing God when you don't see one. When it looked like there ain't going to be a miracle. It's about still knowing that he is God. 
We got to take our mind off of us. When we put our mind on him and we're trusting in him with all our heart, leaning not to our own understanding, but acknowledging him in all our ways so he can direct our paths. God, I want direction from you. Matter of fact, I want clear direction. The only way I can have it, God, is to lean more on you and take my mind off of the things that my mind should not be on. God, I have to trust you to the point in the midst of a horrific situation. And y'all, there are some horrific situations that I can say, I know you. I know you, God. God, what are you saying? God, what do you want to make known to me? And that's what Moses wanted. He wanted such a closeness with God, such a relationship with God. And it took time with Moses spending time with God. Moses would go up to that high mountain. He had to get away from everything else. The higher you go, the more you get away. From glory to glory to glory. Some of you may be still down here. But the more time you spend with God, he take you up there with him. And everything that's surrounding you and everything that's bothering you, that's not bothering you no more because God is taking you higher in him. See, that's why you have to spend time with him. When you get higher in him, everything else don't matter no more. It don't matter. So I'm going to ask you, how well do you know him? Do you know him well enough to let go of pride? Because where there is pride, there's a fall. Some of us say, I'm not prideful. I beg you to differ. Because when it can't be your way, you're prideful. It's either my way or no way, you are prideful. Some of us don't even know we're very offensive. We take offense. How do we take offense? When somebody asks you a simple question, they just need a yes or no answer, not nothing after it. That's being offensive. If I ask you just one question, let's say I go to Sister Denise, for example. I say, Sister Denise, I need this file on so-and-so and so-and-so. And sister needs to look at me and say, what you need it for? She took offense. Instead of handing me the file. Now, she haven't done that. But she took offense. There's a reason why she took offense. Why would she take offense? Because if she's handling those files, she done took offense wondering why she need that file. Did I do something wrong? She put up a wall. We don't even know when we get offensive. Because we're so used to that mode. But when you know God. And the spirit of God that's in you immediately before you open your mouth, he will say, don't take offense. How well do you know him? Because when you know him quite well, you know how to shut up. You know how to study to be quiet. Even in your worst moments when the one that you love is putting you down, making you feel like nothing, wiping, putting you all over the floor and wiping you up like you a dirty rag. When you know him. The Holy Spirit remind you, you are the righteousness of God. You no longer no dirty, old, filthy rag that you can be thrown anywhere. You were made right by him. So why are you concerned with what they're saying? Know your identity. Know who you are now that you're in him. If we don't know him, we, what we do, we allow people to make us feel a certain way. When you know him, you ain't looking for nobody to make you feel no kind of way. Because you know who you are in him. So when they try to tear you down, when they try to look at you the wrong way, that don't bother you no more. Because you know your true identity in him. You know that you are a new creation in him. And people be like, you don't act like you bothered at what I said. Why should I be bothered? 
I know who I am. I'm not who you called me. I know who I am. So it's bothering you now because I'm not responding because you called me out of my name. I know who I am. And I thank God that one day you're going to know who you are. See, when you respond that way, that demon going to bow. It's going to bow to him, not you. But our problem is we are so rejected, y'all. We're looking for things to bring us to the light. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness. So when you get to know that he is light, you don't want to fellowship. Oh, help me, Lord. You don't want to have no fellowship with no works of darkness. Come on, we need to quit trying to justify sin. Jesus paid the price for sin. And if he paid the price for sin, we don't want to do what the enemy want us to do. We, we don't want it no more. Because we love him more than we love sin. We know that God hates sin. So if he hated, we should hate it. How well do you know him? When you spend a lot of time with God, you don't want to spend time with nothing else. Have y'all tried it? When you truly spend time with God, you don't want to be moved out of the place that you in because you're thinking about him all the time. You develop your relationship with him so much. Y'all know how it is when you go into a relationship with a man and a woman. You think that's the right man. You think that's the right woman. So every moment you want to spend time with them because you feel like they have a place in your heart. So when you wake up, you're calling them. During the day, you're calling them. Before you lay down, you're talking to them in the wee hours of the morning. So you develop in that relationship. You get to know them and you're thinking that you know one another. But you really don't know one another, know one another until you get in the same house. Until you are married or until you're fornicating. Let's say that. Because when you come to say, when people are in separate houses, it's okay. They can just throw things around and leave things like they want to leave them. But when you come together and you looking at you, gonna pick that up. your mama raised you better than that. Now you're finding out some more nasty mess. Now you're saying, what have I done? You're finding out that they only want to take a bath. You're finding out they don't want to cook. They don't want to clean. But on the phone, they're blowing sweet nothings. Come on, you're developing a relationship. But when you get to know Jesus, when God is being made known unto you, all their flaws ain't getting to you the way they used to get to you. Because guess what? You're casting your cares on the one that you know. And you're saying, God, help me so I can help them. Because God, both of us said I do. (laughs) When we should have said I don't. Y'all better know do from don't. When they ask you, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? You better ask the Lord to open the floodgates of heaven and show you a glimpse. He should have showed you a glimpse before you got before the altar. That's That's why you spend time with God. Because God hates divorce. Y'all, I'm going over all of this because this is a part of life. Why do we want to ship people off when we don't like one thing that they do? When they blow up, we're ready to ship them off. When they don't do like they're supposed to do, we're ready to ship them off. What if God shipped us off? 
Now, some of y'all bring your wives back. Bring them back. <laughs> bring your husbands back. It's okay. You, you're trying to ship them off somewhere. And some of y'all been shipping them off in your head and they're still in your house. <laughs> Just bring them on back home. Some of you are saying things that was already in your heart, but you're saying it in your mind, and eventually it's going to come out of your mouth. How well do you know God? I know him well enough to shut up. I know him well enough to cast that down and say, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not my God speaking. God don't talk like that. So Moses wanted to know him so he can make him known. Moses had to show love out of their stiff-neckedness, their hard-heartedness, Their rebellion, Moses had to still show the love of God. Moses had to still stand in the gap for God's people. So he wanted to know God's ways. Knowing his ways is knowing about him. We have to take the time and spend time with him to get to know him in such a way that when things pop up in our lives, we look to him and say, Father, what would you have me to do about this? He's the first one that we go to. And God began to show me somebody else in the Bible, y'all. He began to take me on a journey. I love going on a journey in the word. What about you? When he take you on a journey in the word, God is showing you something. He's making himself known in a way. God took me back. Go with me to John, the fourth chapter. Y'all familiar with John? John, the fourth chapter. I pray you familiar with that. So I'm going to briefly go over it. Y'all know Jesus met this woman at the well. And Jesus began to sit with that woman at the well and he began to talk with her. That's what it is with making him known. You know, getting to know him, you got to sit with him. Let's say it again. Get to know him, you got to sit with him. Guess what, y'all? He is a person. God is a person. God said, I want to sit down with you sometime. I want to talk with you sometime. I want you to listen to me just like I'm listening to you. Can I have a talk with you? I'm just waiting on you just to sit, be still, and know that I'm... Can you just be still and put everything aside, your phone, your iPad, Facebook, all social media? Can you just sit with me just for five minutes? Just sit still for five minutes and know that I want to talk with you. I have something I want to talk to you about. Can you just be still? Because what I want to talk to you about, guess what? It'll help you not to run into things during the day that the enemy wants you to run into and you make the wrong decision. Can you just stop for five minutes before you get up and just say, yes, Lord, your servant hears. That's what happened with Samuel. Samuel was under Eli, a priest. He was introducing him into being a priest. But guess what? There was no word at that time, meaning that God was not speaking through a prophet. But Samuel was being raised up by a priest, which was Eli. And one day he went to bed and he heard a voice. And that voice said, Samuel, he ran to Eli because he wasn't familiar with that voice. He said, did you call me? Eli said, no, go lay back down. He laid back down. He heard the voice again. He went to Eli. And Eli told him that it was the Lord speaking. And when he speak, say, yes, Lord, your servant hears. So when he heard him the third time, he said, yes, Lord, your servant hears. And God began, God said, I need somebody to listen. I got something I want to tell you that's not only going to help you, but it's going to help a nation. So he began to speak to Samuel and he began to speak to Samuel about Eli. He spoke to Eli before, but Eli still wouldn't listen. 
So God brought it back through Samuel and Samuel began to hear the voice. God was making himself known unto Samuel. And the word of God says not a word that Samuel spoke fell to the ground. Why? Because he spent time with God. He was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for God. Whatever God said to him, he said to the people. And when he said it, when they saw Samuel coming, they were running. Why? Because they knew he was carrying a word from the Lord. And they knew everything that Samuel spoke did not fall to the ground. Can you imagine? Oh, Lord, here comes God. That's right. God is using Samuel, but they're recognizing it is God using Samuel. So Samuel got to know him by answering him. From that day forward, Samuel was developing his relationship with God. And whatever God said to Samuel, Samuel did. Samuel was obedient to the voice of God. So see, when you know him, obedience come out of, oh, help me, Lord. Yes, you are helping me. I'm sorry. Obedience come out of knowing him. Obedience comes out of knowing him. When he make himself known to you because of the relationship you have with him, you will be obedient. It is not hard to be obedient to someone you know. And I'm going to give you an example in a relationship. And I use relationships. When you are married or when you are dating and you get to know that person, you feel like I can trust that person. That person ain't going to hurt me. I don't spend too much time with that person. For that person to really hurt me. That's what we say. Right? That person will never hurt me. That person will never do me wrong. That person has always been there for me. But we find out that person will hurt you. Right? Because the one that you put trust in, instead of putting trust in God, they fail you. The Bible say man will fail you. Sometimes it's not man's intention to fail you, but they fail you. They will make you promises. And those promises that they made you, they want to try to keep those promises. But something may come up where they can't keep it. And you're counting on what they're saying. And then you're getting angry because you said, I put this off because you said you were going to do this. Now I don't have what I need because I trusted you. We give people our heart. We depend on them to the point of we know that they're going to do what they said. But you got to understand they're not God. Their intentions are well, but they're not God. And you can't hold that against them. You can't even look forward to it because you have to say, you know what, God, I thank you that they said they're going to do this. But I'm asking you, God, to help them to do what they said. Because things do happen in the midst of what people say. So you still depending on God. So God wants us to depend on him first and foremost. So you give them your heart. You together all the time. Next thing you feel like is, you know, we're together all the time. We might as well go ahead and tie the knot. Have y'all ever seen a knot being tied? Have y'all ever seen a knot being tied? Trisha and Ricky tied the knot. That means, Ricky, you can't go nowhere without her. That knot is tight. That means she's wrapped up in you. Look at the knot. She's so wrapped up in you, Ricky. Wherever you go, even if she ain't there, she's there because you tied the knot. Whatever you do that you shouldn't do, she's there because you tied the knot. Just like her. Whatever she do and you ain't there, y'all done tied the knot. So guess what? She's taking you. It's a knot tied. That knot don't supposed to be untied. 
So when you go do something out of the will of God, you disconnecting. Even though he's there, you disconnecting from him and you choosing to do what you shouldn't be doing. Y'all better know what you're doing when you're tying the knot. Some people think they're getting away with stuff. Men and women of God. Sometimes we think we're getting away with something. Sometimes we think we can sneak something in outside of our mate or outside of our, you know, outside of our mate. Sometimes we think we can go get those Michael Cord shoes and sneak them in the house. You took him with you when you paid for them shoes. You hide them in the trunk, but you took him with you. When you, y'all don't get it, do you? You don't get it. Well, when you get it, you know I already had it. See, that's your problem. You don't even know what I got. I don't want this out no more. Now, I know you ain't want that. Now, you know what? You need to quit your mess. I'm tired of this mess. So now you done put it off on him. Now you're a liar. And saved. And sanctified. Filled with that. What? Get Evidently, that fire didn't burn you too hot because you're still lying. Y'all remember that knot you tied, right? Remember the knot that you tied? Y'all tied up in that one knot. Two people in that one knot. Whatever I do that's wrong, it ain't only affecting me, it's affecting him. Whatever he do that's wrong, it's not only affecting him, it's affecting me. Sometimes we think we can get away with it, but God ain't going to allow that. God ain't going to allow light and darkness to mix. He's going to let the light know what the darkness is. Oh, when you know God. You don't have to hire the cheaters club. You don't have to pay people to to investigate your husband or your wife. Because when you know God, God will tell you where to be. Oh, I'm going to give you an example. Oh, it's so good. Give you an example. Gehazi was Elijah's servant, right? Elijah. Elijah told Naaman what to do to be cured from his leprosy. Y'all know old pride for Naaman. He was way up there. He won many wars and he told him to dip down in the Jordan. No, the Jordan ain't good enough for me. Why don't you tell me about these other rivers? Now you want me to dip down in this Jordan. He was so prideful. So his servant had to remind him, if he told you to do something that was so big, you would have done it. He even recognized his pride. So he dipped and he got healed seven times, right? He was obedient. But guess what? Gehazi, Elijah would not take what he brought for his healing because he knew healing was not for sale. But Gehazi said, ooh, he wouldn't take it. That don't mean I won't. Gehazi went and took it. And then he's going to stand before Elijah, act like he ain't done nothing. Stand there before him, ready to serve him. He said, didn't you take me with you when you took this from him? The same leprosy that was on him is going to be on you. God is an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-hearing God. So you cannot get away from God. So if I'm serving him with my whole heart, ooh, hallelujah. If I'm before him and he's making his way known to me, I don't have to sit up there and say, God, tell me what Teresa got to say about me. I don't have to worry about what she's saying. If God want me to know, he's going to reveal it and I'm going to go to Teresa. 
And Teresa going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I ain't told nobody that. But God heard you. So I'm just going to tell you what God. Do we need to stop here? On how well you know God. Because when you know him well, you ain't worrying about what people are saying about you. You're not. Because whatever needs to be made known, God's going to tell you. He's going to tell you who said it. I remember one time I was leaving home and, you know, I just spent time with God. And I, I remember the road that I was on. Y'all don't remember the discreet signs and nothing like that. But I remember where I'm turning at. I see it right now. I got ready to make that turn and I'm hearing somebody talk about me. Jesus. I'm just hearing the whole conversation. I called them. They verified they were. God told me. Did I have hard feelings? No. But I made him known. I let them know that God let me know. Oh, I'm getting there, y'all. You don't have to worry about people. You don't have to worry about what they say, when they say it, or how they say it. When you are before him and developing your relationship with him, God will let you know the conversation. Then God will let you go in with love. He would allow you to speak truth and love. See, we're so busy worried about what people, how people feel about us that we're missing who he is. We're missing him. So when we get further in the word, I'm going back to John 4. This lady sat with Jesus. She was at the well. Jesus was making himself known to her who he was. And Jesus began to tell her the man that she was with was not her husband. Matter of fact, she had five husbands and she knew that had to be God. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Jesus was spending time with her, telling her about herself. And guess what? This one person ended up bringing many people in. One person. Because after Jesus spent time with her, this is what I want to tell y'all. When you spend time with Jesus, you will be able to testify. You will be able to make him known because you spent time with him. How can you make a person known that you ain't spent time with because you don't know about him? But when you really make him known, guess what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. People want what you got. I'm going to go somewhere with this. I have to go somewhere with relationships. How many in this room start dating somebody and nobody didn't want them until you start dating them? Anybody? How many? Let me go somewhere with that. Nobody, let's say it's a man and a woman. They begin, this woman began to see this man and she began to see this man in a light that nobody never saw him before. So as she gravitated to this man, they began to develop their relationship. Guess what? This man began to stand out because of this woman. Understand what I'm saying? Never stood out before. But every time this man is around this woman, other women want this man. Because this man began to talk about how good this woman is to him. What this woman do, how she do it, everything. The woman began to talk about how good the man is. Guess what? Somebody want the woman now, somebody want the man now. Somebody before didn't want that woman like that or that man like that, right? They began to testify about each other. They began to tell people, I mean, she can cook some good grits. I mean, I ain't never seen nobody more yard like he mow that yard. I mean, just talking good stuff about one another. So everybody want that. What am I saying to you? When you spend time with God and you begin to sit with people and talk about his goodness, 
When you begin to talk about his mercy, talking about his love, talking about his faithfulness, when you begin to talk about his long suffering, when you begin to talk about his meekness, come on, you testifying. You bearing witness to whom you been with. So somebody want whom you been with. You don't have to throw God off on nobody. Because when you began to live the life, that life for him by showing people his ways, people going to want that God that you serve. You don't have to go up to somebody and say, you say. No, you don't. Only thing you got to do is bear witness to whom you been with. So she bore witness. And, and the Bible says in verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So she brought many of the Samaritans to Jesus because she began to testify. How? Why did she begin to testify? Because she'd been with him. When you've been with him, when you're developing a relationship with him, my grandfather, I talk about him all the time because the reason why I do, because everywhere he went, he testified about him. He would tell people something about Jesus. He's a healer. He would always talk about him healing. He would always talk about him providing. And every time, I don't care if you sat in a room with him, he bore witness to Jesus. And the more he bore witness to Jesus, he even made people believe what they didn't believe before. I want some of that. You left there believing that there is a God. How many people have been around you that left there believing there is a God? Because you made him known. God said, I want to be made known, but the only way I can be made known is if you spend time with me and develop your relationship with me. That ain't the end of it. She made him known to them, and guess what happened? So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there, y'all, two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Look at that. She spent time with him. And upon her spending time with him, she began to talk about the one she spent time with. By her talking about the one she spent time with, they wanted to spend time with him. When they began to spend time with him, they said, we believe him for ourselves, not because of what you said, but because of what we heard. Two days. Two days. Y'all wait a minute. Two days. It was only two days. That they spent time with Jesus. And within those two days. They said we believe him now. For ourselves. God want time with you. Come on y'all. Let's turn off everything else. You know sometimes we want things. and But God said. I want you to come before me. So you will really know what's needed in your life. I need to be first and foremost. You need to let everything else go and build your relationship with me. And the more you build your relationship with me, whatever is out of place will come back in place. So we need to quit trying to put things in place that God ain't put in place. We need to quit getting out of place when God ain't told us to get out of place because we're so prideful and we're basing it on how we feel or how somebody done me today. 
You in an evil world. They're going to try to hate on you because you love God. They're going to try. The enemy going to use them to do you wrong to see what you're going to do. You're going to do the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. You ain't going to cuss them out. You're going to love on them and say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'll handle that. I'll take care of that. Even though your flesh is cringing. Come on, don't your flesh cringe when you see somebody over there that should do it and they coming to you and telling you to do it when you know they sitting over there doing nothing? That's when you humble yourself and you say, yes, sir, I'll handle that for you. Yes, sir, I'll do that for you. No problem, sir. That ain't making you a slave. You obeying authority. And you don't go and say, well, they ain't doing nothing. Why are you making me do it? Look at him over there. They, he didn't ask them. He asked you. You should fire them. That ain't your decision to make. You ain't the boss. Why do we try to be bosses on jobs? I tried it, y'all. Lord knows I tried it. I did. But the Lord worked it out of me. Ooh, it was some tough love, y'all. Because when I got demoted, and I'm looking around me, and I'm seeing people sleep, and I'm working. Yeah, you remember, Jim? The cashier, the one that's supposed to take your money for your bill, she on the desk like this. Boss walking by her and ain't nothing. But you're going to call me in the office and write me up because I'm going to the bathroom because I'm pregnant? Woo, been there. Done that. Well, we ain't going to give you a raise. Give me a raise. You already took everything. Don't try this with me on these jobs because I done been there and I done know that. I know that. We, well, we're not going to give you so-and-so because um, you go to the bathroom too much and they said that you take time away from your desk. I'm sitting there and flesh is cringing. Mm-hmm. I just sat there and sat there and sat there. Next thing I know, when I opened my mouth, I was like David. David said he tried to keep his mouth closed. <laughs> But it was mulls and coming up in him. So I opened my mouth yesterday. I said, you write me up for being pregnant, going to the bathroom. Did you know you have to pee when you're pregnant? That's how I said Oh, you didn't know, huh? I said, and your cashier's sitting over there asleep, and you ain't saying nothing about that, but you're going to come to me about going to a bathroom. Well, I'm just telling you. I said, I'm just telling you too. He said, you're going to sign this? No. He ain't signing nothing. Got up. He gave me the paper. Went back to my seat. Soon as I sat down, the Holy Spirit said, you wrong. I said, excuse me. I talk to God like that. See, that's how you talk to him. I said, excuse me. I'm wrong. He said, he's in authority over you. You may not like what he said. But you're supposed to honor the one that's in authority over you. And it's the way you said it. I said, Jesus, help me, Lord. I sat there, and after I calmed down, he told me what to write on that paper. He told me it was the end of the day. The next day, me and my boss met in the middle of the hall. i never forget it. And I said, hold up. I said, can I see you for a second? He said, I need to tell you. I said, no, can I say this? I said, I'm sorry. I should not have said what I said to you. Forgive me, you're over me, I'm under you. He looked at me, he said, "Mm -mm. I'm the one that's sorry. And I'm tearing up that evaluation, and I'm giving you a whole new one. It's all good. 
What am I saying to you? When you know God, even though when you're wrong, God will put you right. He'll correct that. Guess, guess what happened, y'all? It made a U-turn. That's what repenting is, having a change of mind. Repent means to have a change of mind. God said, your mindset ain't right. So I want you to go back, and I want you to do it the way I would do it. See, that's how you know you know God. When flesh don't want to do it, some of y'all right now think you in charge, and you ain't. You ain't. You trying to run something. That God already got somebody in place to run. It ain't your duty. It's your duty to be obedient unto him. That's how I know. I want to ask you again. How well do you know him? Because he said that. When you humble yourself. Up under the mighty hand of God. Then you're going to be exalted in due season. You got to humble yourself up under his mighty hand and he's going to exalt you. Quit trying to exalt yourself. Quit trying to tell people where you need to be and just be obedient unto God. See, this lady, she testified based on where she was with him. By her doing it that way, she brought many people unto him. So they had to get to know him for themselves. Why are we trying, why are we trying to live other people's lives and trying to get them to know God the way you know God? They got to spend time with God on their own. You just bring in his ways, his characteristics before them. And guess what they want? They'll be saying, I want your man. I want to lay with your man. Oh, baby, ain't no problem. It's enough for him to go around now. It's enough for him to go around now doing right. Doing right now. I'm going to tell you about him now. And when you begin to describe your lover, which is God Almighty, when you describe how good he is, how loving he is, how when you don't do what you need to do, he still love on you. Now, you got to do my man right. You can't do my man any kind of way now. Now, you can have him because he, he don't only belong to me. See, this is where you can um, cheat. <laughs> this is the only way you can cheat. <laughs> Y'all can cheat because you can share him. And then when you begin to sit down and talk about your man, and then you look at Miss Mary and say, Miss Mary, you been with my man? You been with my man? All right now. <laughs> That's all good. Hey, how many babies you done had from him? How many babies? What, what's their name? What's their name? Healing. What's their name? Prosperity. What's their name? Joy. What's their name? Getting ready to deliver some peace. Glory be to God. <laughs> See, I know him by name. Why? Because I've been with him. Come on, I know him by name. Because I've been with him. I don't have to get on the tube and try to experience what they experience. I've been with him so I can connect with you. I can partake. That's fellowship. I can partake. I can have fellowship. We can have fellowship because both of us know him. That's why you don't just go into any, you don't go into any relationship. Light and darkness don't mix. If you lighten their darkness, don't you tell that not. It's going to be some rumbling going on. And don't say, I can save them. No, you can't. You couldn't even save yourself. 
See, you don't even know him because you're talking about saving somebody. When you know him, you should know I can't even save me. It had to come through Jesus. So I want to make him known. And the only way, y'all, I can make him known is spend time with him. It's getting to know him. It's seeing what he wants to see what his needs are. And y'all, let me tell you something. A marriage is not based on having a housekeeper. It's not based on having someone to do your lawn and to change your oil. A marriage is based on spending time with one another. And doing things because you want to do it. Because you love to do it. Not because I have to to get something. Marriaging about performance. Marriage is built on love. So when one person is down, the other person builds them up. When That's why a man and a woman, both of them need to know how to cook. Hello? Somebody say something. Because if the woman down, the man's supposed to help. When the man down, the woman's supposed to help. Somebody said, I ain't mowing no grass. Well, if he down and you don't want to pay nobody, get on the mower. You're supposed to learn. You're supposed to be well-rounded. One thing about my grandparents, he, they made their children well-rounded. My daddy can cook, y'all. I hear throw down on the roast now. Mm. He, all of them knew how to cook. All of them knew how to clean. That's why he could take care of his wife so well when she was down. He didn't miss a beat. Why? Because he was raised that way. Some of us raise our children with Pokemon, Pokemon, whatever you call them. Give them just give them the remote. Let them sit in front of the TV. As long as they ain't bothering me, just play on whatever game you want. You got to raise them to be men and women. So when they come into a relationship, they know what they have. Let me tell y'all something. I'm so glad I was raised the right way, people. Because you want to know a good man when you see him. You don't want no lazy man. Thinking about eating and dressing all the time. Thinking about how much money they're going to make all the time. That's a good thing in a way. But you want a man that's well-rounded. Yes, you do. So when they can't take you to the movies, they can buy a movie. Come on, you want somebody that's well, you want somebody that know how to use a hammer. You want somebody that know how to boil water and put an egg in it. Come on, you want somebody, you don't want nobody that's looking for you to cook all the time and they standing there in front of the TV watching football, football. No, you want somebody that you can say, you don't have to tell them to get out there. You knew who you had before you married them. If they want more in the daddy yard, the sister yard, the brother yard, they ain't going to mow yours. If they never checked all in their own car. Y'all, this is funny. When me and my husband was dating, and it was me, my husband, my cousin, and her boyfriend. And my car would always break down, y'all. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> it would always break down. I remember Manny and Quanah's dad, thank God for him. We was down at the mall one time. We was broke down. And I knew it broke down so much, I knew what to do to it. And my husband, he, he wasn't a good mechanic then, but he was trying. But the other guy, the other guy now, I already knew. And I think my husband said what was going on with it. Yeah. The other dude said, take this off. Now crank it up. 
what in the world they got to do with this? I think it was the breather. See, y'all think, I know some stuff. He took that off, now crank it up, and we looking. He didn't know nothing. Not one thing. So the car broke down so much, and me and my cousin was sneaking to meet them majority of the time, and daddy knew it. So what I would do, I would pull in my uncle's yard and tell my cousin to hurry up and get in the car because my daddy's house was over on the other side. So she she taken, I said, get in this car. Daddy, come over there. Where you going? Nowhere. We going to Diane House line. <laughs> we went to Diane House. We did. Got down there. The car broke down again. So the only thing we could call was Jimmy. We skipped school too. Why you tell that? <laughs> I ain't tell you tell that. I'm playing. I'm playing. So anyway, you tell too much. He all right. So Jimmy, we had to call him that, that day. And Jimmy, we was in the van, and me and my cousin was in the van. We left them at the store. We told them we'd be back. We didn't come back. They stayed at that store all night <laughs> until the guy that he was with called his mother, and his mother laughed at him all the way home. I said, if you think I was going to call my daddy, you crazy. You find your own way home. But what am I saying? <laughs> we build up a relationship. He knew me. I knew him. And by the time it was time for us to get married, I knew him, and he knew me. So when we came together, we did have some pitfalls, but we knew how to work them out. You know how I knew how to work mine out? Because of the home I come out of. When his pitfalls was different from mine, I knew how to work out those pitfalls with my upbringing. But I needed more than that. I needed to know God for myself. What am I saying? When you know God for yourself, when I fell in love with Jesus and got to know him for myself, my husband began to see me in a different light. So I never had to ask him no more, come on and get saved no more. Because I would pester him with that. But once he saw the attributes of God coming through me, not only the healings, but he saw my lifestyle, he stood before me and said, how can I get saved? I'm like, what? Because he knew if God delivered me, God could deliver him. So what am I saying to you? You got to make God known. The only way you can make him known is spending time with him. And I'm feeling in my heart, some of y'all, you say you spend time with him, but five minutes just won't do. You may start out with five minutes and say you've done something. Sometimes that's performance just to say what you've done. But when you're truly spending time with God, you may be sitting there and you're thinking it's five minutes, but it's been five hours. See, that's spending time with God. And you ain't worrying about how somebody feel or what people say because you are so much in his presence. When you come out, they know where you've been. You're not acting the same. And even though they're acting snobby, you're saying, I've been with Jesus. So you're showing them love that you can never show them before. The heaviness that you had on you, you don't have it no more because you were in there and he gave you a garment of praise. So by the time you come out, you were praising him and nobody can steal your joy no more because he made himself known to you in that room. So now you're making him known to others. So the more time you spend with him, the more you're going to make him known to other people. The more you're able to trust him. And y'all, this takes time. 
This takes time. If you don't spend time with him, it's going to be hard to go sit before him during the day because you're so used to doing everything else. Some people get up and they have their whole agenda before them. But God is not above that. And it's okay, y'all. Yes, it's okay to take him on a ride with you and put him in your ear. But that's not being in a place with him. Sometimes we think I can take him with me and I can put him in my ear and I've been with God. But no, you can't hear God the way you need to hear God. When you have that special place that you have, when you go on a date, some people remember their first date, right? When they took you to a special place, some of them didn't take you to a special place. We know them special places. But some of them didn't take you to no special place now. They called it a special place. Uh -uh. But anyway, when somebody take you to a place, you're going to always remember that special place, that date. How they didn't ask for nothing. They just gave you a nice meal. They just talked with you. They just asked you, how, how was your day today? What did you do today? Did everything go as well as you expected? And that's all they're talking about. Is, is that good enough for you? Would you like something else? I could order you something else. No, that's good. And then you just talk for that day. And they took you home. That was the end of that. You getting to know each other. So God said, I want you to get to know me. I really want you to get to know me. And when you get to know me, you're not going to put anything or anybody before me. I'm going to be first and foremost in your life. It ain't going to be your husband. It ain't going to be your wife. When things go bad in your marriage, when things go bad on your job, you're going to turn to me before you turn to anybody else. Because you're looking to me because you know I have the answer to that situation. And the more you look to me, you're not worried about anything else. So some people say, didn't you hear what I said? Yes. I heard what you said. But you're not my answer. God is. God is my present help in my time of trouble. I heard you right clearly. But I have to trust God in this. See, when you know, know him, you can make him known to others. But when you don't really know him, you cannot really open your mouth about somebody that you really don't know. You're not afraid to make him known. So here, the Samaritan woman made him known. And when she made him known, they wanted to know about him for themselves. So have you been around people and you made him known and they wanted to know him based on what you told them about him? Or have you been around somebody and you hit them over the head with, if you don't serve him, you're going to hell. That's not making him known because God, he's about mercy. He's about goodness. He's not about hell. Everybody know where they're going. But we want to tell them about his grace, his mercy, his loving kindness. Not that you're going to burn in hell. So how are you making him known? You can't make him known if you don't know him for yourself. We say we know him, but when things pop up in our lives, how well do we know him? And God is so good, y'all, because just like Eli, because Eli wouldn't do what he's supposed to do, God still sent Samuel to even forewarn Eli again to tell him what was going to happen. Some people that don't spend time with God, God allowed other people to tell them, don't do this. This is what you need to do. But you know what some people do? They don't hear um, God, they hear you. They think it's you. 
But anything that's good that a person is telling you, God is good. You're supposed to take that and say, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you, God. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hear you on that. It was a person, matter of fact, two people that God had led me to say something to. And the first person I had told them what, you know, they needed to do according to God. They did it. They got blessed the same day. The second person, when I had told them, they were kind of hesitant because they felt like they needed something else to make it happen. I said, this is what you take with you. And if you take this with you, it's going to happen. They listen. They say, you know, I was sitting there and the very thing you told me to take and I gave it to them and they accepted it. I said, duh. But they did it. Who are you hearing? See, when you don't spend time with God and somebody's making him known to you, you let it fly over your head because you depended on man more than you depended on God. Man can tell you to jump a ditch and you'll be healed. You'll jump that ditch. And that ditch is a fall off ditch. But God just say, by Jesus Christ, you already healed. You don't need to jump the ditch. You're going to jump the ditch. Because that man got a PhD or, or doctor's name in front of that name. So he said, jump, okay, Elijah. Elijah just told him to dip in the water. He didn't want to dip. He said, why can't he come out here and speak to me and lay hands on me? But see, Elijah knew where he was. So you got to know how to hear God in every given situation, y'all. You can't put all your trust in man because man tell you one thing, then that don't work. Then they go to another thing, that don't work. And by the time you know it, you done cut up like, uh, who's that man that chopped everybody up? Yeah. In pieces. So it's time for us to know God like we have never known him before. And to hear what he's saying and to wait on him. Let me give you one more because I have a few more. I don't want to lose you. And the word shouldn't lose you. You should be found by the word. Because everything that I'm giving you is bringing you life. And I'm not going to shut up until the Holy Spirit tell me to shut up. But if you want to leave, you can. There go the door. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give you another one. Go with me to Luke 10. Luke 10. God didn't give me all this for me just to leave it alone. Luke 10. Look at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So we see Martha received him into the house and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Martha and Mary received him in the house. Just like we, we are born again and we receive Jesus into our heart, into our life. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Now, this is where I'm going. Let me read this last verse. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, this is what God is saying. Martha was so busy with wanting to serve Jesus. Just like we have a lot of church folks that get so wrapped up in trying to do everything. But Mary just sat at his feet. See, Martha was about performance. Some people in church is about performance. The more I do, the more I'm recognized. 
So Mary did what was needful. He told Martha, Martha, Martha had to call her name twice. You know why he had to call her twice? Because she ain't him the first time. You are troubled about many things. He said many things. But Mary has done what's needful. What's needful is us for us to sit at his feet. So we won't be troubled about serving. Are you troubled? Are you worried about things getting done that's not getting done? Is it troubling you? When you're at his feet, things around you that you think that you couldn't get done will get done. This, this whole church, y'all saw how it looked, right? And the whole time that within five weeks, six weeks, y'all see how it came together. But it had to take God to bring it together. It had to take God using me and my husband to be here to spot things that was not right. Now, y'all check this. For that whole time, God had us in here with them, showing them what need to be done. Still, y'all got fed. Still, y'all know we had to find places for us to have service, right? Even in all the midst of that, look what God's done. You know why God did it? Because when you spend time with him, God's going to make things known unto you. He's going to show you what people are doing that they should not be doing. He'll show you when the money is off, when they're overcharging you. I was telling my husband, Lord knows I'm not a builder. And Lord knows I don't even know what it is needed to do certain things. And I had my husband in between stuff. I said, wait a minute. This ain't right. This bill is too high. How did I know the bill was high? Because God showed it to me. In my time spending with him, I said, uh-uh, this is too much for this material. And he said, let me go check. He checked, and I believe it was $10,000 or $13,000 over for the material that, guess what, y'all? I could have allowed it to go on because insurance was paying it. But who am I just because I'm not paying it to allow it to go on? The man checked, and he said, yeah, it is overdue. And I said, and whatever you got in this building, it stays in this building because we paid for it. See, you got to know, and the Holy Spirit will tell you, sometimes we get so quick to get something done, we don't pay attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. God is here to help us. He's here to make things known unto us. I don't care what kind of situation you're in. If you sit before him, if you wait on him, he will make himself known to you. He will begin to manifest himself to others, and he'll begin to show himself mighty through you. So it's time for us, Miracle Temple. God is bringing this in this place for a reason. Because God said, how can you make me known if you don't know me for yourself? You say you know me, but if you know me, you wait on me. If you know me, you trust me. If you know me, you wouldn't have hate, you would have love. If you know me, you wouldn't be taking offense the way you do. If you know me, you wouldn't be worrying about what your brother and sister have and what you don't have. If you know me, whatever is going on with you, you should know that I have already taken care of it in spite of what's going on. If you know me, though you're in an evil world, I got you surrounded by me, by my glory. If you know me, you know the world hated me, they're going to hate you. If you know me, you trust me. No matter what's going on, you're going to trust me above everything else. We need to start knowing him. And when we know him, we won't give up on stuff so quick because of how we feel. Remember the knot in marriages? You tied the knot. 
you wrapped up in one. Whatever I don't do is going to affect him. Whatever he don't do is going to affect me. It's going to affect our children. Y'all better think. Just because you mad at somebody, it's going to affect your house if you don't get it right. Because you're bringing that demon in your house. Sometimes we look at people so much, we don't see ourselves that it's us. Come on, look at your track record. Come on, you got to check your... Come on now. What woman want to marry a man that's going from woman to woman? I'm going to say it again. What woman want to marry a man that get married every year? What woman? What woman want to marry a man that don't take care of his own kids and now you got kids? Do you think he's going to take care of yours? Y'all better check some stuff out. What man want to marry a woman that don't even cook for herself and go to mom and daddy's house and eat all the time? I ain't talking about you, Thea. Because until you cook. Think about it. What man want to marry a woman that don't even wash her own clothes? She take them to mama house. Do y'all, do people really think about what they're getting into before they get into it? The Holy Ghost will tell you about that man and woman. He will reveal them to you and let you know. Come on, look what God did. Um, who, who was in the Bible? He married a prostitute. Homer, what's his name? Hosea. He married a prostitute. He did it because God was making a statement. (laughs) Dealing with Israel. He was showing them something through him, Hosea. But guess what? He got rid of him and God said, take her back, didn't he? Come on, when you hear God, God does things for a reason. Quit just jumping up because you feel good right now. After you get married, you ain't going to feel so good. Because after that honeymoon wear off, everything wear off, you ready to send them back to mom. So you better know. And the only way you're going to know is knowing him. And when you know him, you know everything is all right. Because you in him and he's in you. And I'm going to tell you, when you experience him, y'all, ooh, when you have an experience with him every day, every day, even when in, the, in things that don't look right, you say, God, I don't know, but I know you know. And I know you my answer, God. And God will even separate you. Some of y'all don't want to be separated. When you spend time with God, God will say, depart company from that. You can't be in the midst of that company because they ain't ready to change. They calling me Lord, Lord, but they don't know me. They just using you. Depart company. See, God is talking to somebody in this room. He's saying depart company. Because everybody that say they know me don't know me. Because if they know me, they wouldn't be doing the same thing that they're doing. Quit using my name and you're sinning. I'm not about sin. I've done away with sin. That's when grace kicked in. He said, so people that say they know me, they're going to make a U-turn. They're going to have a change of mind. They're going to change their mind about what they're doing. Come on, y'all. When, when you know him, you cannot stay around mess. It really grieves you. That's the Holy Spirit that's grieved. He's grieved at sin. You cannot stay around family. Oh, yeah. Some people don't want to let family go. That's my fam. You have a new family. You're going to love them, but you're not going to put up with what they're doing because you're bringing God in front of that stuff. 
That's why you have to make a difference. If they're having a dinner and they begin to say they're going to, what is it, turn up, turn out, whatever. I don't know them terms. What is it? Turn up. You turn out. You're supposed to make a difference. I showed my face, but I'm getting ready to turn out of here. Because I serve a mighty God. I don't do the same things I used to do. They're going to talk about you because they're going to say, oh, you think you're too holy. You can't get up in here and, and, and do what we do and whip it. No, I don't whip no more. <laughs> I don't do all that no more. See, some of y'all do that because you want to be accepted by people. But when you love God, you you the difference. You don't want them to die in their mess because if Jesus came right then and you had the opportunity, you got to take every opportunity you can. So it's time for us to know him and to make him known. And you don't have to put on a performance to make him known. Because when you know him and you speak in his word, guess what? The word is going to turn up. It's going to turn out. It's going to do everything that needs to be done in the midst of the room. And I believe that God has done something in this room to let everybody know it ain't about you. It's all about him and what he want to do in your life. Get over your grudges. Get over this stuff you have in your heart that you're playing around with. It's time to let this stuff go. It's time for you to let go of what you're holding on to when it comes to people. Loose it and let it go. I got to give you this scripture. Turn with me. I'm going to let you out. No, the Holy Ghost is going to let you out. I'm going to give you this one. Go to John 3.16. And then I want to go to John... Um, Start at 3.16. I want to leave enough uh, meat with you. 3.16. Everybody familiar with this one, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not what? That means that shall not be destroyed, right? But this is the part I want you to get, and I'm going somewhere. But have everlasting life. We know this everlasting life is a, it's everlasting. There's no end to it, right? Even when you die, we know that. But there's more to everlasting life than just that. And I want you to understand that. When it said he did not want you to perish, he did not want you to die in your sin. That's part one. But Jesus came for you to have everlasting life now. And guess what everlasting life is? Go to John 17, 3. 17, 3. I want to start with 2, verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. So Jesus is going to give us eternal life because Jesus is that life, right? And this is life eternal, that they may know thee. The only true God that Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, eternal life, is knowing him. That's what eternal life is. He came and this eternal life y'all was in the beginning. That was the fellowship. That was the relationship that he want us to have with him. God want us to come back in fellowship. He want us to come back in relationship with him. That's what eternal life is. He said I want to have a relationship with you again. All sins have been done away with. But the, the thing was sin separated me from you. So I want us to come back into this fellowship and relationship that we had in the beginning. And the only way you can do it is to know me as your one and true God. Isn't that awesome? 
That's what eternal life is, having fellowship, having a relationship with him. That's what Jesus came to bring back to us because that was taken away from us due to sin. He said, if I get rid of sin, the separation is gone. Now we can fellowship. Now we can have that relationship again. He want us, y'all, to have that relationship. And I pray that this word has encouraged you, that this word has inspired you, that this word has said, Lord, I need more of you than I need more of anything else. Lord, I can't fix these problems without seeking you first and getting to know you for myself. How can I bring you in a picture and I don't really know you? How can things change in my life if I don't know I have a new identity? If I don't know who you are, how can things really change? I need to know you. And once I know you, I can let go of everything else that's holding me, that's depressing me, that's oppressing me. I want to know you, God. I want you to make yourself known unto me. God, not by acts, because all of that will leave. But God, I want to know your ways. I want to know all about you so I can make you known. Everywhere I go, God, I want to make you known unto people. One more, y'all. Acts 17. I'm, 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 don't, don't fall out like the man did with Paul. I'll come back and revive you and go again. Acts 17. Listen at this. This is when Paul began to talk about the gospel, talk about, you know, Christ. And as he did this in verse 6, look what happened. Verse 5, but the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. This was Paul. Because of Paul preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Now listen at this. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brothers unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned, this is the point I want you to get, Turn the world upside down. I'll come hither also. They turned the world upside. Y'all get it? With the gospel because they were making him known. They turned everything upside down and they were in an uproar. They ready to kill him. So when you are making him known, when you know him, they want to kill you. They hate you without a cause. Because you know him. And you're making him known when you know him. And as you open your mouth, he's going to fill it with him. You don't have to think about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it. You don't have to write it down no more. Sometimes we'll, you know, put the scriptures down. I remember one time I put my scriptures down on this iPad. Y'all know I ain't even opened it up. Anyway, I'll put them down to remember them sometimes so I can read over them in a different translation version. But y'all, one time I was up here and I was going over the words. So this girl come up here. She say, give me your notes. I say, huh? I want to see your notes. I said, what notes? She said, the notes you're using for that message. I said, okay, here you go. I gave it to her. She say, those are scriptures. I said, yeah. She thought I had wrote my little notes, but she forgot. If I did it myself, I would say, uh-huh, uh-huh, now sit down, uh-huh, now I have my uh-huh in there, uh-huh, now it's time for uh-huh, it's time for uh-huh, God said, it's okay to do that. But if you lose your notes and you still can't do that no more, you know who we're doing it. Amen? So I gave her my notes and she stood right there with her eye up like this. 
So that's just the scriptures. I say, yes, ma'am. What am I telling you? Everything you need is in you. But it has to connect <laughs> with what's in here. The soul is what needs to be renewed. The spirit has everything. So once you go in here and you read the word and you get illumination and revelation through the word and you're making the deposit, when you open your mouth, whatever you deposit, it's going to come out. If you make no deposits, you get no return. You can't live off of what somebody else said. You got to get it for yourself. Get it for yourself. Amen? Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. So if there's someone in this place that don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, now is the time of salvation. We don't want you to wait. God has opened up a door today. And it's up to you to walk through that door. Amen? We don't want you to leave out of here without getting to know him for yourself. Now is the time of salvation. Amen? And even those that's watching online, now is the time of salvation, and it's open unto you. And what I'm going to do on today, I'm going to ask Kwana to come up here, and she's going to give you the plan of salvation, those that are watching online, because we don't want to leave nobody out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do we have the mic, please? The plan of salvation is just believing what God did through his son, Jesus Christ. You just believe that he was buried, he rose, and on the third day, he rose with all power in his hands. Amen. It's not about coming to church, having something to wear. You know, it's not about all that. You come as you are, and as you come, God will begin to show you, Amen. you know, how to dress, how to walk, how to talk. Amen. And like Apostle said, it's about relationship. Amen. Amen. So let's have them to repeat, Kwame. Okay. So you just surrender. And the place of surrender, you just hold up your hands. You just know you can't do it anymore. Thank you, Lord. You give him total control of yes, your life. Lord. Yes, Lord. So you just repeat, Lord, I'm a sinner. I come to you and I ask for forgiveness for yes, everything Lord. that I have done. Yes, Lord. I believe, God, in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that, God, you gave your only begotten son to die for me. And he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. Thank you, Lord. And, God, I thank you, and I give you all control of my life, and I accept you into my heart. And, God, I give my life unto you on today. And I thank you, God, that now you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' Amen. name, amen. And welcome to the kingdom of yes. God. Amen. And the angels in heaven, they are rejoicing. And if you do not have a place that you can come into a church home, you can join us here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. You can look us up at www.mtdm.org. But if you're already in a place, get with that pastor that um, the place that you're in so they can really encourage you more in the things of God. Amen. 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 Do we have any announcements? We'll have the announcements, 
and then we'll leave out and you can leave your tithes and offerings back there at the door and um, after uh, the announcements we'll do our um, blessing and then you can leave your tithes and offerings at the door. Praise the Lord, everybody. Sunday school is every Sunday at 945. Praise and worship service is every Sunday at 11. Clem School of Ministry is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Every third Wednesday, you can watch Apostle on Facebook at Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Watch us live on Tuesdays at 7, Sundays at 11. You can watch us on our website, which is www.mtdm.org, or you can watch us on our Facebook page. Watch us on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. on WSFX Fox 26. Um, if you'd like a copy of today's teaching, you can see Othelia or myself. Ways to send your tithes and offerings, you can go to our website, www.mtdm.org. Um, cash app, MTDM20, and you can mail at P.O. Box 1042, Burgall, North Carolina, 28425. We have our Miracle Temple um, Church app. You can go and download it and have all the updates with the church and what we're doing. And with our podcast, we're on 500 different forums. It might be more by now. I haven't talked to Apostle Cross. But um, it's wonderful. Go check out those teachings on our podcast. And we also have iHeartRadio now up and running. Okay. iHeartRadio up and running. I'm up here to announce, uh, remind everyone about Apostles Appreciation. It will be October the 25th. Um, we ask that everyone show them love by giving, give from your heart, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. We want to bless them real good. Also, want to let you know that the colors that um, have been chosen for appreciation are royal blue, white, and black. You're not required to wear those colors, but if you would like to, then you can. And let's just turn out, turn out. <laughs> For Apostle and Brother James for their um, church anniversary. We want to invite people, let them know that we will be social distancing and just come out and enjoy the word of God and bless them on that day. Amen. Pass that mic to Snip. Snip, do you have anything on your heart you want to share? Not really, because I'm just humming myself and being still. Sometimes you have to just be still. Because you move too fast, you can run into something you don't want to run into. So I'm just being humble and thankful that I'm able to walk in here and hear the word of God and not be pushed in here and not hear nothing. Amen. So I'm just being thankful. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, that's all the announcements, so we're going to stand up for our dismissal. Before that uh, dismissal, Melody, you had something with the sweet potato sitting. Okay, so you don't need to announce it or you want to announce it? Are you okay? Okay, Melanie had sweet potatoes that she was giving to the elderly, and she gave them to most of them, but she said she's going to bring some more because she ran out. So get with Melanie. Amen. Yevarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha. Yair Adonai pana v'lecha v'yichuneka. Yisa Adonai pana v'lecha v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.